0: Well, welcome back or welcome if you are new. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about clearing out space, physical, mental and otherwise, uh, in preparation for the new year. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com 376. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and by the University of California at Irvine Department of Continuing Education. Visit textexpander.com/podcast for 20% off your first year of what I can honestly say is probably my most valued productivity tool. I'll talk a little bit more about them later. I highly recommend them. And if you've listened to more than one episode of this podcast, you've heard me talk about them. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about the University of California at Irvine Department of Continuing Education, or UCI's DCE. Not long ago, I think it was uh, back in around episode 363, we talked about the challenges and the value of going back to college as an adult. I talked about how my oldest daughter, uh, the mother of four girls, is finishing up her college degree and moving on uh, toward getting a master's degree while continuing to raise her kids. and. There are certainly challenges to doing that, but there are so many benefits to it. And even if you already have a degree, continuing education is valuable. In fact, for people like me, as a lawyer, I have an obligation to get a certain amount of continuing education credits each year. Well, as we've discussed in the past, in the, that episode and others, Uh, Continuing education opens doors to networking opportunities, better job opportunities and career advancement and progression. According to data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, continuing education correlates to higher income. So there's benefits there. The University of California at Irvine Department of Continuing Education can prepare you to stand out in today's job market. UCIDCE has been serving the lifelong learning and skills development needs of the local, regional, and global community for over 50 years, so they're not new to this venue. They offer more than 80 career-focused programs in areas such as business, leadership, tech, education, engineering, health sciences, law, finance, and so much more. Some of their programs can prepare you to sit for industry certifications or can provide continuing education credit toward recertification. So depending on what your field is, they probably have something to offer you that can help you with your career. And UCIDCE makes education accessible for busy women and men who have other commitments in life. You know, as we go back to school, as an older adult, we may have children to care for or, aging parents. We have other commitments. We may have a full or part-time job. And UCI DCE makes education accessible even to those people. Enrollment is open to everyone, no matter who or where you are. You can learn from instructors who are practicing professionals with extensive relevant industry experience and gain practical skills that can be applied immediately on the job. So if one of your goals for the upcoming year is to advance your education definitely check out what the University of California at Irvine's Department of Continuing Education can offer you. Visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now to find out more. That is ce.uci.edu slash learn now. And I will have that link in the show notes. So if you're driving, Uh, and you can't remember that, can't pause to write it down, just go to the show notes for this episode and you'll find a link there. Okay, let's get into our main topic for this week's episode. As we wrap up this year, uh, you know, th- there's a little bit of a tension there, I think, for those of us who are kind of interested in being as productive as we can and making meaningfully productive lives. We want to be present in the moments that happen during this time of year, uh, experiences with family and friends, the celebrations, the holidays, the all that stuff that's going on. We want to be there and be present and, and really enjoy those moments, but we also tend to want to be looking ahead to the coming year and thinking about what we want to make of it. Now, admittedly, there is nothing magical about the 1st of January. Life day to day continues from one day to the next, regardless of what the calendar says. And we're not going to wake up on January 1st as a new and different person. It would be unrealistic to even think of it that way. But we can, I think, take advantage of the the psychological weight of turning the calendar from one year to the next as kind of a signal to us to, to begin to give some conscious and intentional thought to what we're doing with our days and our lives and our time and why we're doing it. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about this week was that. And in fact, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be maybe doing a little bit of a kind of mini series about preparing for the coming new year. This week, I wanted to talk about making space in our lives for what the new year could bring. As time passes, day to day, I think we, many of us, certainly I, have a tendency to accumulate things. We accumulate possessions, expectations, obligations, assumptions, maybe we even accumulate a few regrets. And in the last weeks of the year, maybe this is a good time to take a look at some of that accumulation and begin to clear out some of the physical and mental and emotional clutter and begin to open up space in our homes, in our lives, and in our minds for the good things that can come in, in the coming year. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week and kind of four areas that I'd like to just kind of throw out there for you to think about things that I'm going to be thinking about uh, maybe decluttering a little bit to, to make space for what's coming in the, the next year. And the first one probably in many ways is the easiest one to take care of. And that is our space. There are lots of studies out there that provide evidence that decluttering our space, that physical clutter, um, has more benefits than just a tidy space to live in. And I'm going to include in the show notes for this episode links to several articles that talk about this, that cite studies that have been done of people at different stages of life about the impact of clutter on them physically, mentally, emotionally, and all of those sorts of things, and the benefits that can come from decluttering our space. And so I encourage you to check those articles out. Generally, they, they all tend to agree that living in uncluttered space contributes to lowered stress, higher self-esteem, greater productivity, and just generally a better quality of life. And one thing I thought was interesting that a couple of the articles mentioned was that clearing out the clutter in our physical space can help set the stage for breaking bad habits by removing from your environment items or conditions that trigger those habits And I could see that maybe the most obvious one is if you've got a cluttered pantry full of junky food that when you see it, you eat it. And maybe I might be speaking from a little bit of personal experience here. Decluttering it, removing that stuff from your environment removes that stuff that triggers that bad habit of overeating or eating the wrong things. And there are lots of things like that. Maybe you have some other kind of, of habit that you wish you could break and that things within your environment in your home or your office trigger. And so decluttering, removing those that clutter can help set you up for success by removing those triggers. So something to think about as we are go- moving into through the holidays and through the end of the year uh, to look around our space with fresh eyes and maybe remove some of the stuff that's not contributing to a meaningfully productive life. Um, this is a great time. I think for a lot of us, holiday gifts are, are coming in, you know, whether for us or for our children. Maybe now is a time to spend a little time to uh, declutter, certain kinds of things to clear out space for the new things that are coming in and even more to create a cleaner slate for the coming new year. And so think about children's toys, uh, and, you know, removing things that kids have outgrown things. uh, The easy things to remove are those things that are broken or stained or, you know, falling apart things that nobody's using. If they're in good condition, donate them. If they're broken, you know, throw them away or recycle them, but to make space for new things coming in, so that we can really enjoy the new things, our kids can enjoy the things that come in. Uh, another area to maybe consider purging some things would be household items, whether that's decor or small appliances. Uh, linens and towels, maybe even furniture. Take a look around your home and think what's here that's taking up space, not bringing joy, not contributing to productivity. And that I'd like to remove now to make space for things that I love and will use. Uh, Another area maybe is games and puzzles. Those are things that often come in as gifts. So that's another area to, to look at purging out those things that don't get used as much and books is another another one. I was going to laugh when I think about that, because as I've said before, I have quite a collection of books, but even I am thinking about, I'm going to you know, bring a box into my office. I have a, a wall of bookshelves behind my desk in my office here, and I'm going to bring a box in and just kind of go through my shelves and see if I can fill up a box with books that... You know, I haven't read in a while. I'm not going to read again and clear out some space, give, give my bookshelves a little room to breathe and, you know, make room for some new things. Uh, Another area, in addition to those sorts of things, uh, I, I was thinking this might be a really good time to go through your, your bathroom cupboards or wherever you keep things like cosmetics uh, skin care, hair care, medications in particular. Um, look at all of those things, go through them, pull out the certainly the things that are expired and, and trash those. I was thinking about that recently. We have a, a drawer where we keep, you know, cold remedies and things like that and little first aid items and, and antibacterial ointments and, and stuff like that, and I was just thinking recently, it's time to look at all of those things, throw away the things that have been there for a long time and are long past their expiration date, and and get replacements so that we have new fresh things, you know, whether it's headache stuff, cold medicine, ointments, those sorts of things. But the same thing with cosmetics and skincare, uh, besides looking at their expiration dates, do you have things cluttering up your your drawers and your cabinets that maybe you don't use, you tried them, you didn't love them very much, but you hate to throw them away because, you know, you spent money on them. Now's a, a good time to, to purge those sorts of things. I don't know, give it, if, if you have things that you've never even opened, give them to a friend who might enjoy them. But clear out the space, make room for what's to come in the new year in a physical space and reap the benefits that we just talked about of having a, a decluttered, more organized space to live and work in. So that's, I think, a starting point, and it sets us up for, I think, some of the other things, uh, the other areas that we can take a look at, declutter a little bit, and uh, get ourselves ready for the coming year. So the first area is your space. The second area that I think we can uh, spend some time on in the, the coming weeks is our habits and routines. Whether intentional or not, we all have habits and routines that get us through our days. Things that we do really without even thinking about it. And maybe they started out as uh, an intentional effort to do certain things at certain times or on certain days, but they've kind of become routine. They've become, you know, muscle memory automatic. And there's a lot good that comes of doing that. You can certainly be more efficient. But as we accumulate different habits and routines, sometimes they stop serving us, but we just keep doing them because we haven't thought about it. And so I think this is a really good time to take a fresh look at our habits and our routines and think about whether they are still serving us. So look at those things. What do you do regularly without consciously thinking about it? And do those habits and routines serve you? Do they make your life better? And think really intentionally and thoughtfully about what what do you want to add, subtract, or tweak in those things. So areas to consider, you know, the good old morning routine. So things as, as simple and basic as what time do you wake up? what time do you get out of bed? And, and is that right away when you wake up or, or do you lie in bed and, you know, hit the snooze alarm or, or read or something? Uh, what is your morning routine? What are the things you do? What is, what's the first thing you do when you wake up and when you start your day? And are those things, uh, you know, functioning the way you want them to, I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody has to change anything. I just think this is a really good time as we prepare for the coming year to just give some purposeful attention to these things. What other daily habits of action or thought do you have? Uh, for instance, I think about for me working from home, Uh, I often find myself wandering out of my home office into the kitchen for a snack in the Kind of the middle of the afternoon because I'm tired or droopy or distracted or stressed out. And that's become a habit for me. I, and I don't always choose the wisest snack. It's whatever's easy to put in, in my mouth at the time. So I want to rethink that habit and see if I can tweak it a little bit. Could I replace the snack with going outside for a walk? for 10 minutes. maybe take the dog out for a walk if the weather permits or doing something different that maybe can revive me, uh, give my brain a break before I go back in and go back to work for the rest of the afternoon. So that's the kind of thing. What are, what are those daily habits that you're maybe doing without thought now? now's a great time to pay attention to those. What are your work startup routines, whether you work from home or in an office or other, other place? What are your work shutdown routines? Your evening routines around dinner dinnertime uh, and those sorts of things, bedtime routines, uh, weekly routines, things you do each week on certain days. Uh, all of those things are fair game for just, just looking at them consciously and noticing what we're doing and thinking about, do I need to sort of declutter my, those sorts of things, streamline things a little bit, add, subtract, tweak to make them work better for me so that I am set up well for the coming year. And the last thing I thought about here in terms of habits to pay attention to our habits of communication with the other people in your life, the tone of voice you use, the, the, the times when you choose to, to communicate with them, the shorthand language you use maybe with your spouse, your kids, your boss, your coworkers, just something to consider whether we are communicating uh, in the best way possible, if we are presenting our best selves to those people, and if we want to maybe make some changes there, so habits and routines I think are a great area to look at, sort of decluttering, reorganizing, rethinking now uh, to set ourselves up for a a productive start to the new year. The third area that I thought about is your schedule the things you are actually doing with your time on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And for me, I think the best thing we can do here is to simply track our time for a week. And then at the end of that week, look back and evaluate how we're spending our time. And maybe I'm thinking about this because of a book that I'm reading, I'm actually listening to the audio version of I Know How She Does It, which is a book by Laura Vanderkam. We've talked about it before. The subtitle of this book is How Successful Women Make the Most of Their Time. And I hadn't thought about this until I, literally while I was sitting here recording this, but this is a book I've been listening to for the last week or so. It's been out for a while and I've heard of it before. I just never had gotten around to reading or listening to it. The, the premise of this book, if you haven't read it before, is that she has had lots of women do a time log for a week and then she evaluates those logs and came up with some some observations about how highly you know women that we would consider to be successful high earners executives different you know people in different fields how they are managing what they're doing with their time and how they manage to make a life that suits them just as a, I guess, a side note to this, this idea of decluttering our schedule. I do recommend this book. It's one, as I said, I'm listening to the audio version, but I do intend to get, you know, a hard copy of it so that I can make some notes and highlight some things. It's just a a really good book. And with some really interesting observations about what you can learn by tracking your time for a week and then evaluating what you're doing. We don't have a a very realistic picture, most of us, of how much time we spend doing certain things. So actually tracking your time for a week and then going back and looking at it, you might be surprised by some of the things that are taking up amounts of time that are different, either more or less than you expected them to be. And so I encourage you to do that and then evaluate, do do I like what this looks like? Am I spending my time actually now that I've got the facts in front of me? Do I like what I'm doing with my time? Is my calendar, is my schedule too cluttered with things that don't really have meaning for me, that aren't really moving me forward in my goals? and the things that are most important to me. So I encourage you to do that. It's something I plan to do as part of my kind of um, year-end reevaluation, and it's great information to have. The other thing we can do, in addition to tracking our time for a week and just seeing what we can learn from that, is to spend a little time looking ahead to maybe the first quarter of the coming year Look at your calendar, look at the regular commitments you have there and the one-off kinds of commitments and things that you've agreed to do, the upcoming events and holidays and, you know, work obligations, things like that. Just look at them, see what's there, see what your calendar looks like, say for January, February, March, and ask yourself, how do you feel about what that looks like? What you're seeing are those things, those events and commitments Were they intentionally added or are they things you just sort of defaulted into doing? And are there any of them that maybe you want to subtract that you, you want to rethink a commitment and make a decision now that you're not going to do that because there's something else you want to do? Because part of looking at your calendar uh, like this is not just to see what's there, but what's missing for a lot of us. It's self-care. Maybe there's nothing on there, you know, no time on your weekly schedule or your monthly schedule to do things that are important for taking care of yourself, whether it's medical appointments or rest or getting your hair done or whatever those things, time spent on hobbies or things that are of interest and of value to you. Uh, What about time for nurturing relationships that are important to you. Does that appear in there anywhere or is it just a lot of, um, sort of outside commitments that you feel like you ought to do? I think this is a really great time to think about those things and start now to clear out the the clutter, I guess, of activities and events that were added to your schedule for reasons that you don't like this, like everything else, nobody can tell you what should or shouldn't be on your schedule. You, you got to go with your gut with on this. I think you need to think about do you, you know, whatever whatever those commitments and and uh, appointments and events and things are, do you like the reason why you put them there even if it's not something you are excited about doing if you personally like the reason you put it on your calendar that's all that matters but if you don't then maybe it's time to to rethink it and gently excuse yourself from some of these things to clear out your calendar i think it's really important at this point to the extent we can to make sure there's enough white space, you know, in your schedule on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, to allow you to take advantage of opportunities that you can't even imagine right now, but that could present themselves in the coming year. If we filled up every moment already with obligations, commitments, events, appointments, activities that really aren't that meaningful to us. When something that is meaningful presents itself, there's no place to put it. And so to me, this is part of this process of right now at the sort of beginning of of December, as as I'm recording this, to be thinking about these things, clearing out space and making room in our lives, in our calendars, in our minds for the good things that are are going to present themselves in the coming year that we can't really even imagine right now. We want to make sure that when they appear, we have the capacity to take advantage of them. And the fourth area uh, that I think is, it's now a really good time to take stock and and evaluate and do a little decluttering and purging is in our assumptions. The, those underlying ideas and beliefs about how the world works that we often don't even recognize they're there. This takes some real careful, conscious thinking to inventory and evaluate our assumptions about ourselves, about other people, about our circumstances, and about what's possible for us and our lives. And to do this, what I encourage you to do and what I'm trying to do is to pay attention to your thoughts. And one example would be when you have a thought about something you'd like to do, what is your first reaction to it? Is it a positive one of of excitement? And yeah, that I could do that. Or is your first thought something else like, well, I'm too, too young to do that. I'm too old to do that. I'm too busy to do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't have the skills or the talent, or I have too many kids, or I don't have enough money or people like me can't get, do those sorts of things. You know, for me, an assumption from, you know, when I was much younger about, what I do now for a living, that is to be a lawyer, an assumption I had when I was younger kept me from doing that. Way back in high school, one of my teachers in my senior year suggested that she thought I might investigate becoming a lawyer, that she thought I might be good at it and and enjoy it. And I dismissed it without really seriously considering it i remember distinctly the conversation with her and thinking about well but but people like me don't do that and there's you know a whole lot behind that but it wasn't until much much later you know i was already in my mid 30s and raising a family when i finally Kind of overcame that assumption of I didn't have the right background, you know. Becoming a lawyer was for somebody else. People who grew up differently than I did, or came from a different socioeconomic group than I did, uh, I was able to get past that and you know actually enroll in law school, and the rest is sort of history. But that's an example of an assumption that I was operating on. What you might you know a lot of people refer to as a limiting belief that kept me from pursuing something that was of great interest to me, but I just didn't believe it was possible for me. And so I encourage you when you are um, thinking about things you do or things you want to do, just pay attention to the thoughts you have, uh, those stories you tell yourself about what's possible for you in your life and ask yourself, can you declutter or purge those negative assumptions? Just even just set them aside for a while and ask yourself, but what if that wasn't true? What could I do if I didn't believe that it's not possible because, you know, fill in the blank? I think this is a great time to know right now, as we wind down the year, spend some time thinking about that sort of thing, paying attention, being conscious and aware of those thoughts and assumptions that you have uh, about yourself, about the other people that you meet or the people in your life, about your circumstances, and particularly about what's possible for you. And ask yourself, can I purge the negative ones and give myself a chance to see what actually I could accomplish. So those are my thoughts right now of four areas as we wind down the year that we could spend some time decluttering, clearing out and making space for good things to come in in this coming year. I'd love to know what you think about this. Are there areas of your life that you'd like to maybe rethink? purge and reorder in order to prepare for new and wonderful things in the coming year. I would love it if you would share those with me. You can do that by commenting in the comment section of the show notes for this episode which you will find at theproductivewoman.com/376. Remember that's where you'll also find links to some really interesting resources and articles uh, that can maybe help you with some of this thinking. And you'll also find the links to uh, our sponsors in case you want to check those out. Uh, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing me at feedback at the dot I do love to hear from you. I have to confess right now, I am behind on email. It is a very, very f- very busy, uh, season for me with my legal practice and I'm working longer hours than I actually want to. And maybe that's why some of this, uh, purging and decluttering stuff is kind of on my mind these days. So I am behind on emails, but please know that I read every email that comes in and I will respond eventually. If you want to help promote or help grow the Productive Woman community, I would love it if you would tell a friend about the podcast. If you think of someone who might enjoy this episode or any other, let them know about it and help help us grow the community. Uh, I do want to, before we go, remind you that one of my favorite productivity tools, one that I have consistently used every day for long before I ever launched a podcast, is Text Expander. This is, in case you haven't heard, maybe you're new to this podcast. Text Expander is a tool that lets you create what they call snippets. They're little abbreviations formed from just a few characters that you choose. And when you type them in, they expand into longer text. So anything that you type frequently or copy and paste frequently is a great candidate for a text expander snippet. I use it for lots of things all day, every day. I use it for simple texts like frequently typed phone numbers or email addresses, my state bar license numbers, um, you know, all kinds of things like that, that I can just type two or three characters and it just fills it, you know, it expands with a very satisfying little, you know, Noise uh, and f- saves me a ton of time. I also use it for longer formatted texts like uh, responses to frequently asked questions, either in my legal field or on the productive woman or other things like that. Information for guests of this podcast about kind of what the process is. I've crafted it once and I have just a brief snippet that I type in and it fills in all these formatted paragraphs with the information that the guest needs to know. Uh, Text expander is available anywhere you type. So it's available on the Mac, on Windows, iOS devices, and more. And it works on websites, in Word documents, literally everywhere you type. It helps you to be correct and consistent with your messaging. And if you have a team for your business or maybe a volunteer organization, you can share snippets via Text Expander for Teams so that messaging will be current and consistent uh, across the board. And everyone will always know the right message for the right person at the right time without relying on memory or copy and paste. TextExpander has been a longtime sponsor. They're one of my favorites because it's such a valuable tool and they offer the Productive Woman listeners 20% off their first year if you go to textexpander.com slash podcast You can learn more about it and sign up there and get 20% off your first year. Again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast and make make sure you let them know that the productive woman sent you. And Remember also, if expanding your knowledge and continuing your education is part of your plan for the coming year, don't forget to visit ce.uci.edu slash learn now to find out how University of California, Irvine's Department of Continuing Education can help you with that plan. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I sincerely hope you found something in it that's helpful or encouraging to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.